Welcome to Vote, the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that makes me feel very old, college kids, and more specifically, how we can help them do something that they want to do, but that this country makes incredibly difficult for students in particular, vote. Because this election isn't just going to be about who we vote for, it's about how we do it. We are the voting preppers. So, Andrea, young people, who are they? What are they? Are we them? <laughs> yes, of course. No, <laughs> we're not. We but we were. were. <laughs> <laughs> we were them once. I'm not old, you guys. We're, okay. we're mid. We're low yeah, we're mid. mid. We're low yeah. mid. Like in the civic infrastructure, we're super young. We're mere babes. People think of us as like the young people, young kids on the scene. <laughs> this says more about the civics infrastructure than it does about us. I mean, I think the average age is like 70 something. So yeah. It makes us young. But to young people, they think CS is old. Yes. And since I was young, I've been thinking about how to get young people civically engaged. My name is Andrea Haley, and I am the CEO of Vote.org, a position that I took after years of working in youth engagement across the country. And I'm Kat Calvin, the founder of Spread the Vote, where we actually help a lot of young people get IDs particularly in states, and there are several of them, where you need an ID to vote but can't use your student ID. One of the initiatives we are really excited about at Vote.org is a brand new grassroots group called Coaches for Change. It's an organization that engages and educates student athletes around issues of social injustice, systemic racism, and the power of voting. And one of the reasons we wanted to focus on this program is because the powers that be in this country work really hard to stop students from voting because they know how powerful student voices are and that when young people vote, things change. Now, sports have always been a powerful tool in the struggle for equal rights, and right now, it's a great way to engage students on campus to help them overcome the barriers that stop them from voting. So to kick off our look at colleges, sports, and youth voting, we have none other than my lifelong friend, Gretchen Blyler. Gretchen is a two-time Olympian and Olympic silver medalist, world super pipe champion, and four-time X Games gold medalist. Gretchen's been inducted into the Sportswoman Colorado Hall of Fame and was National Geographic Adventurer of the Year. Here's Gretchen. Hi, I'm Gretchen Blyler, and my question is, how do we get young people to vote? What are the obstacles to voting, and how do we bridge that gap? Uh, since I've been a professional snowboarder for most of my life, I have worked um, since 2009 with an organization called Protect Our Winters, and um, POW is helping passionate outdoor people protect the places and lifestyles they love from climate change. So for me, getting out and voting is one of the most important things I feel like all of us can do right now with where we are. Through Protect Our Winters, um, we have really created a huge community of outdoor people who are actually very engaged. And more and more of the top tier athletes are speaking out around the importance of becoming educated and getting involved in our democracy. And as they tweet and Instagram around these ideas and the ways we can activate. I think it's, um, we actually, I'm sure we have a lot of work to do in general, but um, I am definitely seeing a shift and that makes me really hopeful. Thanks, Gretchen. 
and these are definitely questions and things that I, you know, we're really thinking about. And I think you're right that there is so much motivation and passion and, dare I say, a cool factor to both voting and trying to get other people engaged. And and a lot of what you're talking about is meeting people where they are, which is what we have to do with everyone of every demographic, uh, including young people, which is one of the reasons we're really excited to talk to Coach Carm later today. Uh, but it's also one of the ways that we help people overcome the significant barriers that are placed in front of them is by not expecting them to come to us or them to have even more barriers that they have to overcome in order to even find out about voting or get engaged in the process, but about us meeting folks where they are. So I love what you are doing and thank you for the question. Later, we'll be bringing one of the founders of Coaches for Change, Coach Carm, to talk about the incredible work that he's doing to help student-athletes vote. But before we get to that, let's go back to the question at hand. How do we help young people vote? So let's begin. Traditionally, young people don't vote in high numbers, but we're currently seeing that change in real time. Outside of boomers, young people are one of the largest voting eligible populations in this country. Together, millennials age 24 to 39 and Gen Z age 18 to 23 make up 37% of eligible voters. That means that if all college-age young adults voted, they could swing an election. Young people have a lot more untapped power than they realize. People in charge know exactly how much power young people have, and that's why they're trying to stop them from voting. It's also why we don't educate young people about civics and voting and how to on-ramp them into our democracy. Well, to be fair, we don't educate anybody about voting for the very reason that this country is built on the principle of keeping as few people voting as possible. So if we want young people to vote, we have to help them overcome the barriers that the system has put in front of them. I think part of this is all about perspective and about understanding the civic infrastructure. Um, I was talking to my parents about this just the other day um, because young people are used to engaging in different ways than our system is currently built for. So um, somebody was talking about, oh, you know, young kids are all apathetic and lazy, which is not true. And I said, what if I run an election entirely on Snapchat and then blame you for not voting? Um, And I think that that really, you know, hit home. We have had huge generational shifts in this country um, on just how we communicate with each other, uh, you know, mobile device use, all of that um, has created, you know, a completely new way in which younger generation engages with the world. But for voting, our voting systems um, don't reflect those changes at all. So what we have to remember is there's an adjustment as people learn uh, how to engage in a different way uh, to make sure that their vote is counted and that their voice is heard. So Luckily, I think that what we're seeing is young people are motivated right now and they're energized and willing to overcome any challenges that there are to voting. We had record numbers of people under 35 voting in the 2018 midterms uh, and so far this year in the primaries. Uh, We've seen over the last few years that students will march, organize, and vote to impact the issues they care about. Issues like climate change and gun control and black lives. This is nothing new. Student organizers have always changed the world. From SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was a huge part of the civil rights movement, to young LGBTQ activists demanding equality over the last several decades. 
When young people get active, the world changes. And it's our job to help them make their voices heard in any way that we can. So Andrea, what are some of the biggest barriers to youth voting? First, I think we need to realize that some people aren't actually looking for young people to show up. When young people show up, they change things. What we saw in the midterm elections was a lot of panic as young people made it to the, you know, to the polls. Um, when young people participate, it changes everything. It changes the game. Uh, when young people turn out to vote, it changes the way the whole civic infrastructure has to invest in people. If there's a large percentage turnout over a period of time, that means that more youth programs will need to be funded. And there's a fight for funding in this space to begin with. So if youth voters do turn out, it's harder for everyone else to say, well, they didn't even participate, so let's not give to them. And when political parties go out to canvas, one thing that's really important for everyone to remember is that they focus on the most likely voter. That means people who already have voting histories. You can think of it like a credit history. An 18 or 20-year-old just doesn't have a record of voting, so they don't get targeted by political parties from either side of the aisle or candidates. And here are the other issues. Polling locations across the country have been moved further away from campuses. So my own experience in college was that during my second year, they moved the polling location from our school to the opposite side of town because people in town didn't want the input of all the students. And I didn't have transportation to get to the other side of town. So lack of transportation also applies to young people all over this country, whether they're in college or not. There can be confusion about residency requirements for voting. Say you're from one state or county and you move to another one for college. Now you're looking to apply for your absentee ballot. It can be hard to figure out what the rules are, especially if you're a first-time voter and trying to navigate that process. In surveys, another common reason young people had for not voting was that they were too busy or had a conflict on election day, whether that's classes or a job. Schools can address this by giving students election day off. Companies can address this by making sure election day is a paid holiday. There's a lack of civic education, some of which we've mentioned here before. So... A lot of voters also cite confusion um, or a lack of understanding of what's on the ballot as why they don't participate. And to top it all off, IDs, of course, are a major issue facing young people. About a quarter of the people Kat works with every day at Spread the Vote are 30 or under. So those are some of the barriers. Now, what can we do about it? Great question, Andrea. Uh, There are a lot of different things we can do sort of at every level. We can fight for polling places on campus. We can help students get IDs in states uh, where they need them. And we can fight to allow students to vote with their student IDs in states where they can't. We can help provide rides to the polls. I know it's COVID and that's a tough thing, but transportation is a challenge for a lot of students. Uh, We can encourage students to vote by mail and also make sure that they're following all of the rules that they need to follow to make sure that those ballots are counted. Um, And we can uh, make sure that we are helping to educate students about what's on the ballot and how to read it so that we demystify the process. Um, And then lastly, Andrea, I know Vote.org has a really cool pledge to reg tool. Do you want to tell us about it? We do. Vote.org has a tool where if you are under 18 and can't quite vote yet, you can go ahead and pledge to register 
And on your 18th birthday, we take you through the process of registering via text message. So we're really proud of that because we know we're creating new on-ramps for voters. Uh, and this year, we have about 4 million 17-year-olds across the country that are turning 18. So we know that this kind of work is really important. If you want to change your college campus, either as a student, a faculty member, or an administrator, you can help your school get vote ready by asking your school to send out voter information to the entire student body. Make it a part of freshman orientation. And right now, during a pandemic, send digital tools out to everyone. Ask for a vote captain, a teacher or an administrator responsible for answering student voting questions so that everybody has a resource that they can go to to get the information they need to participate. Encourage your school to partner up with orgs like Vote.org. I'm partial to Vote.org, but you can join with any voter reg partner. And ask for more civics classes and education around voting in general. After the break, we'll be bringing on the founder of Coaches for Change, Coach Carm, to help us learn more about how they are working to educate and engage young people on college campuses to turn out the vote. The podcast is brought to you by us. Just us. Still us. If you want to support us and our work, you can go online and check out vote.org. There you can verify your registration to vote. You can register to vote. You can request your absentee ballot. You can donate. You can help us reach young voters all across America. You can also go to spreadthevote.org to volunteer, to help folks get IDs. If you need an ID, you can fill out a very quick form there. Uh, You can also, of course, donate to help us put on this podcast and other GOTV programming um, and to help us continue our work. We also have a new website, lastelection.org, which gives a little bit of a layout of everything we're doing for GOTV through 2020. So you can check that out, too. Joining us today is Coach Carm, otherwise known as Carmen Massarello, a former basketball player and college basketball coach. He's the current head coach of the Siena Saints men's basketball team. We wanted to chat with Coach Carm because of his work with Coaches for Change, an organization that engages, educates, and empowers student athletes around issues of societal injustices, systematic racism, and the power of voting. The organization was founded by college basketball coaches dedicated to helping their student athletes, campuses, and community. Welcome, Coach Carm. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, obviously, you see a, a little baby boy here with me. He uh, <laughs> just woke up from a nap, so uh, he'll be as quiet as he can. He usually doesn't make a sound, but super excited to be here. Obviously, uh, thank you guys for the time, and uh, it's been great to get to know you guys throughout this whole process. It's uh, you know something new for me, creating a uh, you know a not for profit organization that's uh, you know just about kind of you know creating good and, and you know driving positive force forward in this uh, you know ever changing age. Well, first of all, we're very excited to have our littlest podcast guest. Hello, adorable baby Mateo. I'm, and we're we're really excited about coaches for change. I'm I grew up being told stories of how important athletes were to the civil rights movement, and that was a very big part of I'm my understanding of how critical anyone can be in whatever field they're in, and particularly in something like athletics. Um, And I think we've very much seen over the last few years, um, and even this year, how important athletes can be. What is the mission of Coaches for Change, and what inspired you to even want to start the organization? Just, you know, obviously after 
the murder of George Floyd and, and, you know, just so many different thoughts are going through my head and, and, you know, really just thinking about all my players, my team is predominantly black. Um, and, and so just, I wanted to reach out to coaches from across the country that were friends of mine and, and ask them, Hey, you know, what are you doing to navigate these times? What are you doing to help your student athletes? Uh, and so we started talking, I reached out to an assistant at university of Oregon an assistant at Syracuse an assistant at Baylor, um, the head coach at Kennesaw state, Amir Abdul Rahim. And, uh, it just kind of grew and we jumped on a, on a zoom call. We talked about wanting to do something that was tangible, something that we could see and something that we could help our student athletes with. It was just about, hey, let's first start with something that was very tangible. Let's get all of our student athletes on all of our teams registered to vote. And so we were able to get a real life sample size from all of the members of our group and what their players told them. Hey coach, I'm I'm just not that informed. Hey coach, I don't have time to do this. Hey coach, this is really confusing. Hey coach, what do I have to do for this absentee ballot? You know, is my state a mail-in to vote state, you know, there were so many different questions. And so that's where I said, Hey, we have to, you know, create a website where we can be a resource for all, you know, we can have so much information out there because us as coaches too, we needed more knowledge. We needed more education. We needed to understand the process better. And so that's what we wanted to do is create a resource for everybody. It's all about just educating our student athletes, our coaches, and then our campus communities. And then hopefully the greater areas that we go to school in and work in, you know, it was really important that we educated our young people. That's amazing. And because we know there isn't really a great on-ramp to civic action and civic engagement for young people uh, in the U.S. And so Coaches for Change, organizing and really serving as a resource and a platform that students can use is so important. Now, I know when you launched, uh, you launched with about 42 coaches across the country and in all Division One. And, and now where does Coaches for Change stand? How, how, how big yeah, is so- we have 119 founding members. So, you know, we have a, a very wide reach and we have a capability to reach, you know, hopefully all of our student athletes, because our goal is not only is it the basketball program on, you know, men's and women's, but hey, we want to get our lacrosse team registered. We want to get our whole athletic department registered. We want to get our whole college campus registered. And so for me, that was the biggest thing was being able to create a diverse group of people where not only we're talking about voting and and voter engagement and educating that voter, but also being able to help ourselves and talk to one another about ideas to help grow our profession. You know, you want to be able to grow leaders. And so Coaches for Change is going to have the ability to also grow leaders from within because they're getting real on-the-job leadership training um, without them even really knowing it. You're actually doing one of the things that we talk about all the time at Vote.org, which is it's one thing when we reach out into a community, it's a whole nother thing when you organize your own community. And one of the things that we focus on is to try to engage younger people in the political process. So uh, when the initiative started, what did you, and you've addressed this a little bit, but what did your students say? What feedback are you getting now? Were people excited? What, um, now that you've kind of opened the doors to engagement? Yeah. So, you know, obviously we got our, our men's and women's team at Siena are both registered to vote, which is awesome. And the tools that you guys provided at vote.org are awesome. And, and we've been able to, you know, really have that seamless pro- process on coaches for change. Um, you know, just the education piece with, you know, now you're registered to vote. Well, what are you doing to, you know, 
increase your understanding of these candidates, right? Whether it's local or at a national level. And, and then also, what are we doing on election day? Obviously at Siena College, we're gonna be off. There won't be any athletic activities. But now with that being said, a lot of our guys and girls have sent an absentee ballot. So what are they going to do with that day off? Well, we've talked about different things, whether it's, you know, going and do read aloud projects at local elementary schools to provide babysitting. And so now parents can get to the ballot box. And then we've talked about transportation. You know, how are you going to get people that want to vote, but may not have the transportation to get their local voting station? And so for that, I think that's another piece we talk to our student athletes that are from the local capital region here in upstate New York. You know, do you know where you even are going to vote? And, you know, what is the time you should get there and what's the easiest way for you to get there? And so all those little details I think we're talking about as well. And, you know, for me, like I said, half of the battle or even less than half the battle is, you know, you, you get registered. But now you have to really understand the politics and the facts behind each candidate and not saying you have to vote in one way or another, but we want young people to, to learn to think. And I think that's a very important train of thought for our young people today is to understand, you know, where they do stand and what they stand for. Everything you just said is amazing, including having college athletes read to elementary school kids, which is my new favorite thing. I'm, and I think, you know, one thing that is interesting about your perspective is that you do spend your life with college-aged people. For most of us, we haven't spent time with people in college since we've been in college. Uh, and so what is something that you think that older people don't understand about college kids and social issues and how they um, are engaging with these issues, uh, you know, and what advice would you have for someone who may have a college student um, who they're trying to get engaged in the political process about how to approach them? You know what? They're, um, they're passionate. Um, they're thoughtful. They're engaging. Um, you know, obviously you may have to reach them through a social media message as opposed to a phone call. Um, but they are very deliberate and intentional. And so you have to really make sure you're, you're doing a good job, you know, showing them that you care and then getting them to, to see things from your perspective. I think they are um, able to, you know, use a different lens, you know, saying we don't see color when we need to make sure we see color. You know, systemic racism has been going on for a long time and it's not just something that's made up, you know, and there is white fragility and there are a bunch of different things out there that people may be scared to talk about, but it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think the sooner we can educate our younger people and, and they can address the older generations and talk about it and have meaningful conversation and, and create dialogue where it's like, hey, there are so many microaggressions that are used still to this day that people don't realize you're hurting people's feelings and they're not the right things to say, you know, that's all something that we need to talk about. And so we're, you know, we have a, a group on campus that was created where we're going to have a panel discussion. We're going to use analogies and examples and see what the regular student body thinks so they can, you know, say, oh, wow, I, I never thought of that from your perspective. And, you know, we just want to make sure, you know, everybody's understanding that this is, you know, something that's not going to go away. We need to address these issues now. We need to move forward. And the first way to address them is through voting. You're creating a habit, right? So if this is the first time that they can vote and, you know, they just turned 18, well, now it's going to be ingrained in them. Hey, this was their first election. This is what they did. This is how they went about studying and, and learning the process and learning the candidates. And now hopefully you have created a, a voter for life. And, and I think that's a, a key. 
you saw something that was wrong, you had an idea of how to take an action and what you could do in your community to organize and um, then to expand that to other communities and, and schools and coaches all across the nation. Um, for our listeners, what do you recommend, um, even if they're not in sports, but in a different category, a different kind of organization? I think a lot of people are reimagining right now how they could participate in democracy and how they could participate in building a healthy and thriving democracy. Um, what are your recommendations for how someone can move from idea to um, buy-in to uh, executing their plan? Well, you hit me with the hardest one right before you're trying to kick me off the show. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I think the first thing is to educate, to do your background research, to do your homework. What do you want to change, you know, and, and see if you can create a movement. You know, I, I think we've been able to get some momentum for the fact that we have so many like-minded coaches that see that their student athletes needed help navigating these tough times and the attention now to uh, systemic racism and police brutality. And that's been going on for a long time. And so we wanted to make sure we were talking about that. And then we were talking about mental health. We had our first uh, speaker on last night on Coaches for Change for all of our coaches. And we talked about mental health. You know, how are we helping our young people? Because this is changing times, especially even with COVID-19. And so, you know, these guys have to, these guys and girls have to come back to campus and they do not know if they're going to have a season yet. Uh, so there's so many different questions, but uh, Andrea, to answer your question, I think education piece is huge and you got to look into, uh, you know, what needs to be changed and is there a good way to go about doing it? It's so important. Um, and it's especially important this year when we know that uh, elections have extra challenges and that we're, you know, that the pandemic's going to present a challenge to students all across this country. Um, the timing really couldn't be better for you to launch a resource like this. And we commend you for the work that you're doing um, and for helping people to create voting as a habit and really building out uh, what it looks like to have a vote ready and vote friendly campus. So thank you, Coach Carm, for all of the work you're doing. Uh, we appreciate you. Our team at Vote.org appreciates you. And so does Vote the Podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, like I said, it's just, uh, you know, it's a great time to, you know, try to do something good. And I, and I thought this was something that, you know, we could really um, hang our hats on, for lack of a better term. You know, obviously, I have a, a young family and, you know, we all want to, you know, leave this place better when we're gone, right? You know, you, you inherit something and, and you come on, on this earth and you want to be able to make it a better place um, when you're done. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. So Andrea, what have we learned? To me, the lesson of Coach Carm is that this is something that people could be doing. Coaches, administrators, like everybody in this moment isn't reimagining their role, right? And like he took action by going ahead and doing something about it. Like he started this and this could happen on, you know, student athletes can go ahead and take action on their own all across this country. Coaches can take action. Administrators can take action and they can push their schools to, you know, launch initiatives like this uh, that increase student engagement. I think that there's like a big myth out here that somehow things will just happen on their own and they don't happen on their own. They happen because people who care like Coach Carm step up to the plate, uh, learn a little bit about what they're, what they're engaging in and then take an action that includes a whole bunch of other people. And so, um, you know, I think Coaches for Change is a phenomenal program. And I think this is something that, you know, schools can be doing all across this country and coaches could be doing all across this country no matter where they are. 
We know that every student athlete, every student on a campus, every teacher, administrator, faculty member, dean can step into this moment, reimagine their role in democracy, and help us increase youth turnout all across this country. For all the listeners out there, let Coach Carm inspire you and let this moment in time move you and realize that we have just a few days until the election. That means a few days to help participate and build a healthy and thriving democracy. This isn't an intellectual exercise. There isn't anybody out there who's just got it all handled. It is time for you to think about what you can do, create, and build to engage young people all around this country. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll answer your biggest and most pressing voting questions all the way up until the election. To learn more about what's happening at Vote.org, you can follow us on Twitter and Insta. At Vote.org, we are working hard to make sure every voter receives the information they need to get to the polls. And at the end of August, we have our campus Vote Ready Day. Go to Vote.org and donate today to help us to continue to reach young voters all across the country. And you can go to spreadthevote.org to find out what we're doing, get involved, or donate. If you have a question you want us to address on the show, write us at votethepodcast at gmail.com. And to find out more about the show, including upcoming episodes, follow us on Instagram at votethepod and subscribe. Have a nice day.